This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Simon and Garfunkel once sang their song, The words of the prophets are written on the subway walls, the sounds of silence. What sounds of silence are we hearing today? How can you hear silence? And what is the effect of silence? Some have said that silence is consent. Then others say that silence is not consent. Some say that silence is deadly. But if silence is deadly, who's responsible? Today on Viewpoint, we want to take a look at this matter of silence. The Bible tells us that we should be still and know that he is God. In other words, we need to be silent. But there are other times when we shouldn't be silent. In fact, the Bible tells us that we should pray to the Lord that he would preserve those that are pointed unto die. In other words, we shouldn't be silent in the face of those who are pointed to die. But what if we are silent then? Are we complicit? It seems to me, friends, that we are settling for silence. We're settling for silence on so many fronts, and in other places, we're not settling at all. We're also surrendering to silence. And we're surrounded by silence. In fact, we're intimidated to silence. That's what the whole cancel culture thing is about. On the other hand, we have this idea that somebody has to pay. Somebody is going to pay. And that was borne out just this last week when we heard the results of the Remington Arms Company surrendering $73 million in a settlement to the Sandy Hook families. You probably have heard about it. When the families of the nine of the victims of the massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School began their lawsuit against the gunmaker of the Bushmaster AR-15-style rifle, their goal was to spare other families the pain that had upended their own lives. On Tuesday... Yesterday, the victims' families marked a victory in that effort, in that effort with the announcement of a $73 million settlement with the now bankrupt Remington Arms, which manufactured the Bushmaster. They had the motivation to do whatever they could so that other families, they said, whether they are in a suburb or a township or a city, would not have to go through the kind of pain and the loss that they did. The settlement reached with the families of five children and four adults who were killed in the 2012 shooting draws in all four of Remington's insurers and allows the families to share thousands of pages of company documents it obtained during discovery. Provisions that legal experts and attorneys for the families say represent a landmark victory in forcing a gun manufacturer to face responsibility for how it markets its products. In other words, Remington was forced to face the music. But the music of what? Who had tuned in to the music? What was the music? And if Remington is responsible to the tune of $73 million for five children and four adults who were killed in the 2012 shooting, then who's responsible 
for the 630 million children that were aborted last year alone. And who's responsible for the 45,000 people who lost their lives through gun violence last year? More than half of which were black. Oh, and by the way, who is responsible for the complete destruction of families that were torn apart by divorce this last year or since 1968 when no-fault divorce was passed? Yes, under Ronald Reagan when he was governor in California. I had to serve under that regime in the courts of Los Angeles Killing families. Abortion kills a child, but divorce kills the whole family. Who's responsible for that? And how about the fatherlessness that we're now told is the number one social problem in America that is responsible for 80% of all poverty in our country? Responsible for the brokenness of families. Yes, even for our prisons being filled up. And how about who's responsible for drug abuse? Who is responsible for allowing over 2 million illegal immigrants to come across our southern border, many of which are carrying fentanyl, sufficient quantities of which have already been taken by the authorities that would kill a hundred percent of every person on in this country. Who's responsible for that? And why is it that the only place we don't hear silence is with regard to Remington Arms? Who is responsible? You see, silence is deadly, friends. It is exceedingly deadly. And we're going to see just how deadly it is here today on Viewpoint. Few, if any, will touch the issues that we're touching here today on Viewpoint. You know why? Because they're, well, should we say, culturally threatened to silence. And that's true not only in the nation as a whole, but it's true in our churches. Our churches have become virtual catacombs of silence when it comes to the more important issues of our time. Now you can hear many within the black community, churches arguing about racial justice and and about these, but they won't talk about fatherlessness. They won't talk about the divorces that are multiplied more times in the black community than in any other community in the country. They won't tell about the abortions that are killing off more black children, over 50% of black children being killed by abortions. But no, they want to talk about racial injustice. Why is that? Because they don't want to accept any responsibility for the real problems. They have to find a boogeyman. They have to find something to attack. Well, these parents now up there in uh, Connecticut found Remington Arms to attack. Now, was Remington Arms innocent with regard to all of this? It's not a criminal case at all. It was a civil case. In fact, the case was so difficult, it took seven years 
and it was believed that it couldn't even proceed because of the existing laws. So how was it that it did proceed? Somebody had to pay. Somebody wants to curtail the use of firearms. Somebody wants to curtail the use of guns. So the payment that had to be made, Remington Arms had to go into bankruptcy in order to pay a cultural debt that nobody else wanted to pay. Hmm. Now, all of this may seem a little confusing right now, but by the time we're through, you will not be confused at all. In fact, you might be a little upset. Not about Remington, but about many other issues over which you and I do have responsibility and refuse to accept it. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Silence, the sounds of silence. Is silence consent? Well, silence is certainly deadly. It is. But it seems that we're settling for science, uh, silence these days. Even in the name of science, by the way. Have you noticed now, increasingly, the admissions that are coming forth, reluctantly, however, that in fact, science did not portend or demand the kind of behavior that was demanded by government throughout this country and across the world. Science itself did not demand that. No, it was scientism that demanded that because there was a political agenda attached. So here's the question that I have. Who is to pay for that? Who is responsible you see, if somebody doesn't speak about it, then it just goes away. And nothing ever happens, and they continue on with the same pattern. But interestingly, Remington Arms didn't fire the shots that killed any of those children up in Connecticut seven years ago. Not one of them. So on what basis could Remington Arms be held responsible? Well, a lot of noise had to be made. And the noise was made in the courts. And the environment in the country was such that, well, culturally, we had the idea that somebody has to pay. Now, nobody has to pay for the woman the mother of the boy who took and stole her firearm made by Remington Arms and killed all those kids. The mother didn't permit it. The mother merely was 
the purchaser of the firearm. It was hers. It wasn't the son's. She gave no permission for him to use it. But come to find out, the son had been watching some violent videos and playing some violent video games that incurred and encouraged this kind of behavior. Question, where was the lawsuit against the video games, against the makers of the video games that inspired the young man to do what he did? It wasn't there. Why wasn't it there? Oh, because that would impair free speech. So we're going to go after the gun maker. Now, why are we going to go after the gun maker? Because our politicians and those in Connecticut despise guns. They don't think that the Second Amendment should be in the Constitution. You begin to see the problem. The problem is we're not honest with each other. We're not honest at all with each other. We have all kinds of secondary agendas. We're silent where we should be speaking, and we speak and scream where we should be silent. Why do we do that? The reason is because we're not willing to accept responsibility. It's always the other guy. It's always the business. It's always the company. It's always this. It's always that. It's COVID. COVID's responsible for everything now. Have you noticed that? Every statistic in the country now, according to Mr. Biden, COVID was responsible for. Apparently, COVID responsible for fatherlessness, COVID's responsible for abortions. COVID's responsible for uh, drug abuse. COVID's responsible for murders. COVID's responsible for everything. It's easy to project responsibility elsewhere. But the most important things, friends, the most important things that we can do something about never get talked about. They don't get talked about on Christian radio. They don't get talked about on Christian television. They don't get talked about in the regular news media, even on Fox News or Newsmax or OAN or whatever you want to watch. They don't get talked about. Why? Oh, it's deemed too sensitive. Why is it deemed too sensitive? Because we don't want to offend our listeners or our watchers or viewers. Why don't we want to offend our watchers and our viewers? Because we feel that they will be offended, you see. And if they're offended, then it's going to cost me at the bottom line. And therefore, I must keep silent. So in keeping silent, are we then consenting to the things that we say are wrong or that we hate? In some respect, we are. Let me give you an illustration of that. If you go to Romans chapter 1, and you read about how the progression, as the Apostle Paul lays out, for the development of a reprobate mind, 
First of all, we don't treat God as God. We glorify him not as God. Our foolish minds and hearts become darkened, and increasingly uh, we begin to do things that are not appropriate, that are sinful, that are wicked, that are debaucherous, and the deviancy is defined downward. And as the deviancy is defined downward, there is silence in the courthouse. There's silence in the church house. There's silence in the schoolhouse. There's silence everywhere. And often in many of our houses. How many of you have been, shall we say, quietly coerced into silence by your teenager? Be honest now. Parents are being coerced into silence by their young people. Come on, Mom. Come on, Dad. You're stupid. You're foolish. Don't you know? Yes, you do know. That's the problem. You do know, and they don't. But you're afraid to tell them what you do know because, well, you'd just rather have peace. So... Your silence then becomes quasi-consent to what they're doing. I'm sorry, but this is the way it happens. This is the way it works. We're daring to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth here. No matter where it cuts, and it cuts deeply, a swath everywhere we are right now. This is how we have ended up where we are culturally, spiritually, morally, legally, or illegally, wherever we are. This is how it's happened. Line upon line, precept upon precept, we have cut away the lines of truth through silence. You can call it progressive silence, or digressive silence, however you want to name it, but it's silence, and it screams. So Simon and Garfunkel's sounds of silence... Oh, can be heard in the tenement walls, the sounds of silence. Indeed, it can be heard in our churches now and in our courthouses. How is it that Remington Arms could be made to pay for a young man who did not purchase their firearm, who used their firearm contrary to his own mother's knowledge and permission, and yet, somehow, Remington Arms has to be responsible. It's because we don't want to be responsible. Why is it, friends, that the purchase of firearms has increased dramatically over the past five years? Actually, during the Obama years, and then increasingly during the Biden years. Unbelievable. Women have become the number one purchasers of firearms. Why is that? Because of fear. Fear of what? Fear of violence. Why are we fearing violence? Because we won't say anything, do anything about the things that are creating the violence. That's why. And we're going to talk about it here in the second half of the program with specificity. Yes, even during Black History Month, where young black men are being wiped out of their own history by the refusal of their pastors and parachurch leaders and uh, and uh, politicians to speak the truth about the issues. Just won't do it. 
refuse to do it. So, therefore, they become culpable before God. You say, how can they become culpable before God? Because their silence becomes consent. They point the finger somewhere else rather than admitting and seizing the opportunity for responsibility to those that are being appointed unto die in our streets. Paul talked about this in a very interesting way in Romans chapter 1, where he says, now, after all of these things have developed and the sexual uh, practices of of, uh, people become so perverted, and the men doing that which with, with men that is unseemly, women with women, and so on. Then he talks about at the very end of the chapter, after talking about this, identifying this as a reprobate mind, then he says that it's not only those who do these things that are culpable or responsible before God, but it's those who also approve them or are silent, shall we say, and their silence becomes consent. They're equally culpable. Now, are you beginning to see why the cancel culture is so effective? It's so effective because we have actually already set the stage in our own minds and hearts to submit to it. So we're settling for silence. Just like Remington settled for $73 million to secure some sort of silence in the lawsuit. So we settle for silence, thinking that somehow, well, it's just going to go away. No, it's not going to go away. What Remington did in settling that case was lay the groundwork for multiplied further such cases to redirect the responsibility for firearm misuse from the people who were wrongly using the firearms to the company that made them. Theoretically, from a legal pursuit, that is not a product's liability case, not legitimately. That is not a legitimate product's liability case. Because the product didn't do, wasn't responsible for doing the harm. It was the man who stole the product and used it inappropriately that was responsible for doing the harm. Now, you need to know, I'm not a gun fanatic. Never have been. My family has never been a gun fanatic. In fact, growing up, I don't think that my parents or grandparents on either side own firearms. And my wife and I have certainly never been firearm fanatics. So that's not where we're coming from. This is an issue of responsibility. It's an issue of truth and righteousness And if we're not willing to deal with the issues of responsibility, deviancy will continue to be defined downward until there is no further ability to resist. 
That's the reason why, friends, why the Canadian government under Trudeau has to crush the truckers' protest in order to create a situation where nobody but nobody ever dare protest again. We'll destroy you. We'll take your truck. We'll take your livelihood. We'll do whatever it takes. We'll destroy you. Somebody has to speak up. And those truckers were very bold. And notice they did not carry on in violence. No reports of violence from them. It's the government that is executing violence. This is where we are, friends. And if we do not somehow gain control of our personal responsibilities and our responsibilities as families, there will be nothing left. We'll be back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Silence is extremely deadly. But who is responsible for the results of the silence? That's what we're talking about here today on Viewpoint. Is silence consent? Well, uh, some would say no. Others would say yes. It depends on how you look at it. If you refuse to speak up when you could, your silence is a tacit consent. You had the opportunity to speak up, but you refused. Why did you refuse? Because you counted the cost too great? Because you didn't want to upset the apple cart? Because you didn't want to make somebody unhappy? Because your child might be concerned that you stood at the uh, PTA meeting and uh, might be embarrassed that you stood at the PTA meeting to resist uh, whatever was going on there that was unrighteous? You see how it works. Here is a set, a set of headlines that just came out today. Babies born to unmarried moms surge again to astonishing percentage. More than four in ten of babies born in the United States during 2020 were born to unmarried mothers, according to federal statistics. 40.5%, friends. Do you have any idea what this means? This is a prescription for the utter and total dissolution of the entire society. It is one of the two primary causes, both of poverty and of fatherlessness in the country. 
The other primary cause is divorce. Unwed, childbirth, and divorce. So, then we have another headline that came out today concerning divorce being appropriated, being uh, approved, being approved in our churches. Even though Jesus said, whoever divorces their spouse causes them to commit adultery, and whoever marries the one so divorced commits adultery. We don't agree with that. Our pastors don't agree with it. They've been silent on the issue or have done mental and spiritual gymnastics to try to justify what God says he hates. Then, another headline, cohabitation, preparation for failure. Marriage is a gift from God, but marriage is in a sad state in America today, and we're all suffering because of it. Is it being spoken about in our churches? No. The pastors are silent. Why are they silent? Because they don't want to take responsibility within the realm of their calling to speak the truth. Just don't want to do it. In 1997, it was the cover story of U.S. News and World Report when it was still in print. Now it's uh, a digital magazine, but it was a print magazine then. The cover story was this, premarital sex, the sin Americans wink at. Amazingly, a secular news magazine called premarital sex a sin. You couldn't hear that spoken over our churches. In fact, that's what they discovered. When they did their story on premarital sex, they went to some of the premier Christian conservative leaders in our country, people that were leading the culture war charge, and they couldn't get even one of them to comment concerning the problem. They were silent. You know why they were silent? Because they knew in their own hearts that huge numbers of their own constituencies who were donating to their so-called ministries were guilty as sin for premarital sex. And they wouldn't talk about it. So in effect, their silence became consent didn't it? On the one hand, they gave the impression to the people that and to the nation that they were fighting the good cause of righteousness in the country. Not. They were only going to fight the good cause if they thought their own constituency wasn't guilty of sin of it. But the very people they should have been speaking to, they were silent to. And that's happened in our pulpits for the past 40 years. I've watched it from coast to coast. It's painful to watch it, to realize what has happened. Then, a university. Tulane University, a well-known university in our country, just hosted more than 20 sex-themed events 
throughout the week of Valentine's Day, according to the school's own website. I have in my hands a copy of their website and all of these unbelievable It, it leaves one speechless. The perversion promoted in so many different ways right there by Tulane University. Now they might say, well, we didn't promote it. It was this uh, uh, genital diversity gallery, or it was the Queer Student Alliance. Or it was the Office of Multicultural Affairs and the Well for Health Promotion. Or the Newcomb Institute. In other words, they wash their hands and say, well, we didn't do it. Yes, you did. Because you permitted it and you knew, but you permitted it anyway. Why did you permit it? Because you didn't want a stir. Your silence was consent screaming consent. So you settled for silence. You surrendered to silence because you're surrounded by silence in the culture. Vaccines, best way to depopulate. Really? Bill Gates admits that the vaccines are for human depopulation. According to him, to stabilize the world population, 350,000 people must be eliminated per day. Anybody talking about it? Did you hear anything about that on Fox News or Newsmax or OAN? No. Why? Because they're afraid. They're afraid of the backlash. And so they're silent. So should we complain then when Bill Gates is able to carry out his nefarious agenda through the World Economic Forum in conjunction with Klaus Schwab and to advance the cause of Dr. Fauci, who is on Bill Gates' board, to advance the cause of globalism, and we're all silent? You won't hear silence here on this program. You never have and you never will. We're seeking to speak the truth in love, my friends. But you have to speak the truth so that it cannot be missed. That's what we do and that's what sets viewpoint apart. We speak the truth. We speak it in love because we do love because God is love, but he speaks the truth, and he said, look, you do these things, and you're not going to make it to the etern- through the pearly gates. Apostle Paul made it clear. He said, don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor practicing homosexuals, and so on, are going to inherit the kingdom of God. Has that recently been preached from your pulpit? I doubt it. Why? Because too many of the people sitting in the pews are guilty as sin of those very things, and the pastor doesn't want to offend them, doesn't want to affect the flow of the resources in to keep his programs and his building program going. Do you see how this works? 
silence, friends, is deadly. But who is responsible? You and I are, friends. You and I are responsible. Pastors, my dear pastor friends, I understand your dilemma. I grew up in a pastor's home. I pastored myself. I understand your dilemma. Don't you think it's time to give up your silence and be a bold representative for the Lord you claim to serve? I'm not talking about raging out there and the, uh, carrying banners and walking down the street. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the willingness to speak and speak boldly. Straight speaking, preaching in your congregation. So what if a third of them leave? Which are you more concerned about? Building your congregation or allowing Christ to build his church? Which are you more concerned about? Making people feel good on a Sunday morning or Saturday whenever you're worshiping, or assisting those people to be victorious and enter eternal life without having to deal with the pain of them coming and testifying against you on Judgment Day, why didn't you tell me? All right, now, I want to shift just a little bit here and get right down to some brass tacks. We talked about the matter of Remington Arms and the $73 million settlement that they acceded to in order to try to silence the situation. Now we're going to take a look a little bit more specifically concerning the matter of guns, concerning the matter of gun deaths, and why these things are taking place. Oh, and it has almost nothing to do with the guns. Shocking, isn't it? We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. The sounds of silence. Oh, my friends, the sounds of silence are blaring in our culture. The pain, the agony of broken families, of the dead, 
because we're silent. And somebody has to pay, of course. Somebody's got to pay. Whether it's Remington Arms or who knows, somebody's going to have to pay. Maybe it's the truckers in Canada. They're going to have to pay. Because the leaders of Canada refuse to admit the truth about COVID and about the shots. Refuse. Because they have bought into lock, stock, and barrel the globalist agenda. They've got to control those truckers. Even though there hasn't been any violence. No guns, no violence. Oh. Well, we have to construct some kind of violence out of it. Let's talk about some real violence. The Pew Research Group gave us a little set of facts here. More Americans died of gun-related injuries in 2020 than in any other year on record. That's according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC. That included a record number of gun murders as well as a near-record number of gun suicides. All right? So we're talking about the gun part right now. Let's get we're going to get the facts. Don't want to ignore the facts. Joe Biden says we believe in facts, not truth, which means he doesn't believe in facts at all. He just believes that his feelings are the facts on any given moment. But in 2020, the most recent year for which complete data is available, 45,222 people died from gun-related injuries in the U.S. And that figure includes gun murders and gun suicides. In 2020, 54% of all gun-related deaths in the U.S. were suicides, just over 24,000, while 43% were murders, 19,000. The remaining gun deaths that were unintentional, that 535, or involved law enforcement, 611. Notice how small a number involved law enforcement. The 45,222 total gun deaths in 2020 were by far the most record, representing a 14% increase from the year before, a 25% increase from five years earlier, and a 43% increase from a decade prior. An online database of gun violence incidents in the U.S. defines mass shootings as incidents in which four or more people are shot, even if nobody was killed. So using that definition, 513 people died in those incidents in 2020. Fatalities in mass shooting incidents in the U.S. account for a small fraction of all gun murders. A very small fraction. In 2020, handguns were involved in 59% of the 13,000-some U.S. gun murders. That category that includes guns sometimes referred to as assault weapons, listen to this, that category that includes guns sometimes referred to as assault weapons were involved in only 3% of firearm murders, shotguns in only 1%. So the issue is not the so-called assault weapons. The issue is handguns. 
Now, why is that a problem, and why is that something we need to recognize? We need to recognize it because, you see, the real problem wasn't Remington Arms. The real problem was the young man, 20 years of age, who decided to spray bullets from the firearm that he didn't own, that he stole in an elementary school. Now, it's a horrific thing. No question about it. It's horrific. But why did he do it? Well, there's several reasons why he did it. Number one, he did not have a father in the home. Is anybody listening? He did not have a father in the home. So he was an angry young man. Most young men that don't have fathers in the home are angry. Whether it's because of unwed pregnancies and childbirth, which now account to over 40% of all American childbirth, or through divorce. We can't play games with this anymore, friends. Pastors, you cannot, cannot, cannot before God have any integrity in your ministry unless you will speak directly on these issues, whether your congregation is black, white, purple, green, it doesn't matter. If they're human beings, you are responsible. You're responsible not to play games with it, not to say we've got to be nice people. No, you have to tell the truth, the whole truth. Divorce is killing our country. It is destroying our families and has been. Over the past, since 1973 in Roe v. Wade, over a million children every year have been killed by their mothers, fathers, doctors, pastors, and so on through abortion. But during the same period of time, in fact, starting in 1968, about a million children every year were left virtual orphans because of divorce. And the divorce rate in the church was nearly equal to that as the nation as a whole, and for the past 20-some years has exceeded the nation as a whole in the Bible Belt of America by 50%. We're lying to ourselves, friends. Absolute mitigated lying, and the lying is taking place through screaming silence. We're not honest. Pastors are not honest if they won't speak directly on these facts and these issues. They're not honest. There's no integrity in the message. It's just a theoretical message. It doesn't connect with reality. I'm sorry, it doesn't connect with reality. If you want to present a case to a jury, my friends... You cannot present your case to the jury by dancing around the truth and just speaking nice. The jury's not going to be impressed with your niceness. They want to hear the facts. They want to know what the real truth is. They're supposed to be the 
deciders of fact, discerners of fact, based upon what's presented. But if you don't present the facts, how are they ever going to do it? Pastors, you are the trial lawyers that are presenting the truth, the spiritual and factual truth to your people. And if you do not do that, how in the world do you ever expect them to discern and make a proper verdict? You're just playing games. An average of more than 120 gun deaths per day. More than 11 additional gun deaths per day than in 2019. Every state in the union except for five had an increase in gun deaths last year. All right, now, that makes it sound like the problem is guns. No, my friend, the problem is not guns. Why is it that more guns have been sold, far more guns have been sold under the Joe Biden administration than ever before? Why is it that the number one group buying guns is women? Because they're terrified, friends. Why are they terrified? Because of lawlessness. Why is there such lawlessness? Because we're not speaking the truth to the people. What truth? Why is it that young black men and teens make up more than a third of all firearm homicide victims in the U.S.? Why is it that black men and boys aged 15 to 34 make up just 2% of the nation's population but account for 37% of gun, gun homicides? The answer is very, very simple. And it's not poverty. It's poverty of spirit. And it's being driven by two factors, primarily. One, fatherlessness. And that is being created by unwed pregnancy, in other words, sexual promiscuity, my friends. Let's call it what it is. Sex outside of marriage, fornication. The Apostle Paul says, don't be deceived. Neither fornicators nor uh, adulterers and, and homosexuals are going to enter the kingdom of God. First Corinthians chapter 6. You're not preaching it. Why? I know why you're not doing it. You're afraid of the people. You ought to be afraid of God, my friend. There is coming a judgment. And pastors and parachurch leaders, broadcasters, authors, we're going to be accountable, my friend. What are you going to say on Judgment Day when the Lord said, why didn't you tell them? Why didn't you warn them from me? What are you going to say? Well, it was those gun manufacturers. (laughs) Can you see the foolishness of this? No. I remember the Negro spiritual. It's me, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in need of the prayer. Not my mother, no my father, but it's me, O oh Lord. Not Remington arms, not this, not that, not COVID. It's me standing in the need of prayer. 
Black females had the highest risk of being killed by a firearm than females of any other race or ethnicity. Again, why? It's not because of the guns. The guns, in large measure, are stolen. So it's not the gun manufacturer's fault. It's your fault. Parents' fault. School teachers' fault. Pastors' faults. When a black pastor refuses, absolutely refuses, to tell his people that they cannot continue in sexual promiscuity or they're going to risk their salvation, if he will not tell them that, he is a deceiver. He's playing the game. Well, you might want to play the game of deadly silence on this side of Jordan, my friend. But when you get on the other side of Jordan, if you get there, there's going to be hell to pay. This is serious stuff. This is not culture war stuff. This is spiritual at its very foundation. Six hundred and thirty thousand abortions in 2020. Intentional killings. Intentional. Fourteen times the amount of killings by guns. And we want to scream about guns? Friends, we ought to be weeping. It's time to weep and then repent. Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint Today. Silence is deadly. Who's responsible? Thanks for joining us. Don't be seduced, my friends. Get a copy of our book, Seduction of the Saints, How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception. $15 will put the $18 book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Don't be seduced by silence. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.